Creative Studio Academy, Semester 1, Session 8, Networking. Welcome to the Creative Studio Academy. This is the podcast to help you learn and explore how you can start and improve your skills with online content creation. My name is Joshua Rivers, and I will be your guide on this journey. All right, welcome to the Academy. Matt, how are you doing? I am doing great. Joshua, how are you? I'm doing great. Glad to have you here. And so we're going to be talking about networking. And I chose you to be able to talk about this because uh, you've produced a lot of great things about networking on your blog. And um, also, uh, kind of a, a personal way, is uh, you, you enhanced some of the networking things by calling me the day before my birthday to wish me happy birthday. And so uh, that really stuck out to me. So I think that you're a great person to be able to bring on for this. Well, first of all, I didn't realize it was the day before your birthday, so I messed that up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's okay. I, well, I, I got it right otherwise. Well, you beat everybody else, so that that, that kind of makes it stand out. So you beat my family to it. So nice. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, why don't you go ahead and start by just telling us kind of the importance of why we need to try to work on our networking instead of just focusing on our own little world? Well, I think we all know. The, the old saying, which is, you know, it's not what you know, but who you know. And I mean, that, that it's true it, to an extent. And in fact, I actually go so far as to say it's not who you know. It's definitely not what you know. It's not even who you know, but how well you know them. And, and so what that means is it, it's about intimacy of, of relationship. And it's about how big you can have those intimate relationships, how big of a scale you can have that. I had a, a friend of mine was describing me to his company. To uh, He worked for a company. He worked in marketing for a company, and they were considering uh, using me as a consultant. And, and they asked, you know, well, what does Matt do? And he said, well, Matt helps people build intimate relationships with scale. And that kind of became my tagline for my consulting business. And, and I realized that that is what I do. I help companies, I help individuals build intimate relationships with scale so they can have a network of hundreds of people, potentially even a thousand plus, and yet everyone feels like they have an intimate relationship. They're, they're, there's a connection between them. Those people are there when when you need them and, and you're there when they need you as well. And so that's that's kind of the gist of networking. Again, it's, it's not about what you know. You can be the greatest whatever, you know, and it, maybe this doesn't apply as much in, say, the field of uh, thermonuclear dynamics. Uh, that is a, that's very much what you know. Uh, it's not as relevant necessarily in terms of heart surgery. You know, I, 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 don't, I don't care how many people are in your network or how well, how nice you are when I'm having, if I ever, God forbid, have open heart surgery. I want you to be the best heart surgeon. But at the same time, we all know that people with better networks, people who get along easily with people, people who are helpful, they are much more likely to get ahead in life. They're much more likely to find jobs and, and not go long periods of time without having a job. 
And so that's the importance of a network. So what are some of the big ways uh, or um, outlets that we can be able to utilize to be able to try to work on our network and try to build those relationships a little bit more? Well, I'll share with you the, you know, the four kind of tenants, the four cornerstones, if you will, um, from, from my networking experience. And these are, these aren't revolutionary. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing about networking. When you think about networking is relationships. So there's nothing that I'm about to say, nothing that I do that would strike you as well. You know, I never, I've never heard of anybody doing that. I've never thought of that. Um, maybe there are a few things that I do that are, that are a little revolutionary, I guess, but most of it's not the, the first one is every single quarter I reach out. I, I call them my quarterly reach outs. I have a reminder that goes off, um, rolling in my calendar. For instance, today it's reach out to the letter D that reminder will go off again in, in about a quarter. Uh, there's if, if, typically, oh, well, there's 52 weeks in a year, uh, that makes it at 13 weeks in a quarter which is what, what 20, there's 26 letters in the alphabet. I had to think about that one for a minute. So twice, <laughs> so twice a week. So for me, it's typically every Tuesday and Thursday and, and it varies just again, depending upon what I have going on that week, I reach out to one, one letter in the alphabet. So every week, unless I'm on vacation or something else, I, I'm reaching out to every body, every letter A, every letter B, every letter Q. Um, obviously some, letters are quicker than others. <laughs> you know, the Q's take about 30 seconds. I think there's, I can think of two people in my network. His last name begins with uh, Q and you know, the A's and the R's and the S's take maybe 10 or 15 minutes, but I, I reach out to them that it, I send a personalized email and it, it just says, hello, you know, hi, well, let's use you for example. Uh, you'll, you'll come up in probably, uh, six weeks <laughs> and I just uh, I'll say, Hey Josh, hope you're doing well. Things are, uh, what do I have going on in approximately six weeks? You know, well, I'm, I'm working on my new book. Things are going great. We just got back from Disney world. It was awesome. Let me know how I can help you. That, that's just an example. It's four sentences, maybe five. It wishes them well, hope you're doing well, tells them how things are for me and my family and my business, depending upon what's, if it's more of a personal relationship or a business relationship and the biggest one is it, it says, let me know if I can help you in any way. Now, the key is I found, this is after doing this for five years, the key I found is I don't ask a question in the email. I say things like, I hope you're doing well and let me know, but I don't say what's up or how's it going or things like that because that might cause them to feel an obligation to respond. You know, they might feel like, that, well, I have to respond. He asked me a question. So I get a lot of responses, but I don't want them to feel negativity. You know, people are drowned in email. I don't want them to feel an obligation to respond to me. But four times a year, my name's in front of them. I usually get responses, but again, I don't want them to feel the obligation. So that's the quarterly reach outs. The, the other tenant is, and you know a lot about this. I think we've talked about it on your other show, is, is the handwritten notes. Um, I write thank you notes a lot. I write handwritten notes to congratulate people. I write handwritten notes to when they have a baby, when they get a new job, you name it. Um, so handwritten notes is a big, big tenant. The other one is is birthday, birthdays and, and holidays and, and other life events. Like I like I just said with the birth and stuff like, you know, having a kid, birthday cards, birthday calls, um, all of those things. I love birthday cards. There's something that people can remember. 
birthday cards are great if you have a really solid relationship with somebody and you just kind of want to write them a sentimental note, but birthday calls are better. I, I've talked about this in my blog. If I'm pretty sure if you just go to my blog and search birthday calls, you'll you'll find some posts um, about that. Birthday calls are great because you you can develop a conversation. When when you call somebody and you say, when I called you, for example, we didn't speak for more than two minutes. I think I caught you at a bad time, and that happens periodically. But if I catch you at the right time, hey, happy birthday. How's life? What's up? What's what are you working on? And then you know, you get into these conversations like you know yeah I just got back from this trip it was awesome oh well you know that's cool that you were able to go to Europe for two weeks how are you able to do that well it's because I started my my new business six months ago I've got more freedom what is your business doing and you get in these great conversations with people so that's my third tenant is is birthday cards Christmas cards holiday you know other life event cards and calls and then uh, the fourth one is is just being being helpful you know when I when I see, um, when somebody emails me and says, Hey, I, I just, I'm leaving my job. Can you help? I help them. When I see that somebody is, is moving, I, and I, to a town that I'm familiar with, I'll email them and say, Hey, first of all, congratulations on the move. By the way, you need to check out this restaurant. I know the owner. I know you're going to be busy, you know, unpacking for your first week. Um, reach out to them, tell them, you know, me, I'm sure he'll set you up with like free delivery or something like that. And, and you'll love this restaurant, by the way, don't order the such and such order the, you know, the so-and-so, um, things like that, just being helpful to people. So those are kind of the, the tenants, but we can go more into like the things that I do that are a little bit different than everybody else. If you want as well. Okay. Well, that sounds good. I mean, it sounds like a lot of things, uh, especially for someone that's just kind of gets starting. I know you've covered this um, in other places, but why don't you go ahead and kind of break it down as far as uh, what kind of time commitment? Because I mean, it sounds like it's going to take a lot of time. It sounds like it's going to take a lot of money uh, to be able to get cards and different things like that. So why don't you go ahead and kind of talk a little bit about um, your, your your philosophy, if your or your idea, whatever behind um, budgeting those kind of things in your in your schedule? Sure. My rule is that I spend five percent of my work time looking for my next job. Now, to clarify that, I'm an entrepreneur and I have no intention. I, I, I consider myself completely unemployable. I'm, I have no intention of ever working for somebody. But I spend 5% of my time looking for that next client. And I encourage people who do work for somebody to spend 5% of your time networking, working, massaging your network, doing these things that I've talked about. And looking for your next job because there's always something better. I mean, the grass is not necessarily always greener, but somewhere there is greener grass. It may not be on the other side, but it's, there's always greener grass and, and it's not a selfish thing to spend that time. It's, it's also, you're spending that time looking for your next job because if you're employed, you're basically one executive in the company embezzling a half a million dollars, which I've seen happen away from being unemployed so you want to have that warm network. So two per, if you if you look at that, 5% of your time working, if you work 40 hours a week, that works out to about, um, what, two hours a week, I believe. So two hours a week, I always say go the extra mile, probably want to spend close to four hours per week. That's 200 hours a year. This is, I mean, 200 hours a year in the scheme of life is a drop in the bucket. Two to four hours a week is is a drop in the bucket. 
naturally as you scale your network, if you have a network of 30 people right now, I don't know what you would do with those two hours. I legitimately don't. When it becomes 50 people, I have a pretty good idea of how you're going to spend close to two hours. When you get 100 people, you'll need those two hours. When you have, as I have probably 600 fairly intimate connections, people whose children I can at least name one of or whose spouse I know or I could name their city and company off the top of my head, um, it takes those three to four hours a week. And then there's weeks where it's two, there's weeks where it's six, you know, if I'm, there's a weeks where it's none because I'm going to be at Disney World in, the, in, a, in four weeks. So I'm not doing any networking that week per se. But I will actually, I will email everybody that I know in the Orlando area. I've already set up one meeting and I'm going to spend a couple of hours meeting with those people. Just, hey, if you're, you know, if you're in the Orlando area, I'm going to be down there. I'm going to be at this coffee shop. Is there any chance, you know, for, from nine to one, is there any chance you, we could meet up? I'd love to finally meet you. To me, that's, that's networking. So 200 hours a year. And, and as far as a budget, I think you mentioned, um, it doesn't have to be expensive when you're first starting out. I say you should budget $1,000 a year, again, which for the average American works out to approximately 2% of their income. I think statistically the average American right now makes like $47,000, $1,000 a year. It's an investment in your future. It's an investment in your present as well. Um, so, you know, that might be taking somebody out to lunch, buying stationery to write, you know, to write those cards that I talked about, buying stamps, sending people flowers, you know, spending 25 bucks to send somebody flowers when they're, you know, if they have a parent die or something and, and, you know, it sounds kind of maybe uh, selfish or sinister in a way to consider that part of networking, but but it is. You know, being there for somebody and being a, a sympathetic friend is, is part of networking. So those are things you might spend money on, but above, above and beyond those things, I mean, you can come up with anything else you can think of that costs money. <laughs> that might be something that you would get for somebody. It could even be a little, little gift. If you, I give you a good example. There's a, a guy I knew and I found out his kid absolutely adored Legos. I mean, just, he thought Legos were the greatest thing since sliced bread. And my wife, Tara had bought these little $3 packs of Lego figurines. They were kind of rare, this particular kind. And she had found them somewhere. And I sent, I sent him a note and I included a, a little packet of the the figurines, which thankfully fit in my thank you card size. Well, a couple of things stand out. One, when he gets this note, it's not just your standard thank you card. You know, there's something in it. So he's much more likely to be interested in opening that. And I sent him a $3 thing. I mean, it cost me literally $3. We have a great relationship now. That really, that one thing took our relationship from, we kind of talk about every six months and we have a good time on our phone calls to, um, we keep up with each other and stalk each other on Twitter and constantly, and we're following each other's every move. So that's little things like that that again cost three dollars, four dollars, maybe ten here and there can go a long way. Very good stuff. I definitely appreciate that. And so, um, again, I know you got a lot of stuff on your um your website. Uh, and so mattmcwilliams.com and we'll have uh, links to at least some of those in the show notes so that people can try to uh, look at more about what you have. Do you have anything else that you'd like to add about networking that you think would be important to talk about before we wrap up? 
I think the other thing I would suggest is to, you know, to always have it on your mind. You know, I think I, st- I'm reading a book right now called, I think it's called rich like them. And it's this guy who went door to door around the United States. And he went to the wealthiest, like 20 zip codes in America and just talked to people. And one of the things that he learned, and again, this isn't revolutionary, but that he found out was that one of the common traits among rich people is they always had their eyes open for opportunities. That's just the way that their minds worked. And there's a study done probably in the past 20 years that talked, took two groups of people. One group considered themselves lucky and one group considered themselves unlucky. And and you or your listeners may be familiar with the study. It's been cited in probably five of the past 30 books I've read. I mean, it's a very common study. And they, the, the psychologist or whoever was running the study said, I want you to read this section of the newspaper and count the number of photographs. The interesting thing was the people who considered themselves lucky not only got the number right almost every time, but they did it in like blazing speed, 30 seconds, a minute, whatever it was. The people who considered themselves unlucky, not only did they often get it wrong, but it took them like eight minutes. The, the, the difference between how long it took them was phenomenal. And the reason was on the second page of the newspaper was this giant black box with white text that said, stop counting. There's 43 pictures. The thing was the people who consider themselves lucky, they're always on that. They always in that mindset of looking for opportunity. They're looking, they believe that good things are going to come to them and they're looking for that opportunity. And they saw the black box, the unlucky people skipped right over it. And so that's scientific proof that this attitude whether you call it luck or blessed or, or, or whatever is our minds when we're programmed that way, they work better. And so just some examples that I think of in this, this it's all about looking for those opportunities when, uh, when there's a sporting event, you know, what, what sporting events going on right now is of this recording, the world cup. I'm pretty sure it's, uh, it's Germany and, uh, Argentina, if I'm not mistaken, is it the Netherlands or Argentina? I don't remember. Um, I have to look that up. <laughs> they're playing in, they're playing in the world cup finals. Um, I'm, I haven't done it yet, but I need to time permitting. And sometimes I don't get to these things. I need to look up any of my connections in Germany or Argentina. I, I can think of one guy. He's from Germany. He's in the United States now. I need to reach out to him and say, you know, Hey, you excited about the world cup, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, and if it's true, cause I will be rooting for Germany over Argentina because I have a little bit of German ancestry, something like that. That's an excuse. When a team, when you, when a team wins a national championship in basketball or football, you know, the big sports go to LinkedIn, look up graduates in your network from those schools and reach out to them. When a, when a team wins a big game, look those up. When the Super Bowl's coming up, look up this past year, it was Denver and um, who was it? This Denver and Seattle. Look up your connections in Colorado and Washington and ask them if they're excited about the game. Or if you just know that somebody is a Seahawks fan, you better be reaching out to them Super Bowl week and asking, you know, and tell, telling them you're going to watch the game. You're, you're thinking of them about the game. If you're traveling to a city, I'm traveling to... Uh, Charlotte in October, I'm reaching out to everybody I know in Charlotte and asking for re- restaurant recommendations. Just to, it's an excuse for me to put my name in front of them and connect with them and see maybe if they want to, Hey, I'm going to be in Charlotte. I've got a few hours this one evening. 
let's get together and meet for a half hour for coffee, something like that. So when your mind is in networking mode all of the time, you're constantly looking for those opportunities to connect with people. That's how you build a powerful network. Well, I hope you were able to pull a lot of great advice from that. So Matt, I thank you for taking the time to share that with us today. Now, Matt, after the interview did say that he would provide a link. And so you can be able to go to creativestudio.academy slash networking, and that will take you to a list of all the different blog posts that Matt has written about regarding networking. And so I think that would be a great help to you. You can be able to see some of the things that he talked about, and he goes a lot more in depth in some of those areas on that um, in some of those blog posts as well. So definitely a great resource. If you need to get to the show notes, you can go to creativestudio.academy slash one dash eight, and that will take you to the show notes to where you can be able to get all the resources that we've talked about, get the notes. Then also you can be able to uh, find any other pertinent links that you need. And so that should help you out. I think that's where we're going to wrap it up for today. And so I hope this has been a good encouragement for you to get out there and start to network a little bit more, be able to network smarter, be able to do better with that. So you can work on taking your networking to a new level. With that, we'll see you next session.